You're listening to Power Athlete Radio, a podcast dedicated to empowering your performance every damn day. Join former NFL pro and Power Athlete founder John Wellborn as he dissects the greatest minds in strength, conditioning, and more. So whether your goal is to be the hammer, destroy mediocrity, or simply move the dirt, you've come to the right place. Now with the warm-up done, let the gains begin. Power Athlete Radio listeners, we have another strong guest for you today, Sean Hayes. Sean is head of performance for the XFL. For those of you not familiar, The Rock threw his plush Kangol hat into the ring of professional sports when he revived the XFL as an alternate professional football league. Sean takes his job after spending six years as the director of strength conditioning for the WWE. During his tenure, he oversaw strength conditioning activities for the NXT organization in both the U.S. and U.K. Prior to the WWE, Sean spent four years with the Houston Texans, and before that, he worked for Penn State football. He has a bachelor's degree in economics from Harvard University, where he played linebacker for the Crimson Tide. Buckle up, Sean Hayes. You know, the XFL is a, has had a tumultuous uh, up rising and up and down. I mean, I remember when the XFL came out, I played with a, a dude whose name was, he hate me. Yeah. And he was like one of the most famous guys. He actually was, I think he was on a practice squad at the Eagles, but yeah, uh, that, we all remember him. Yeah. That's how we referred to him as he hate me. And so it's had this deal and then it crashed and it came back and it. Rod, Rod's smart. Yeah. Rod smart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. And then I think it was like, uh, you know, the amount of owners and I think, what is it? The rock owns it now. Is it, it's his group. Yep. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia and Redbird capital. Those are our three, three headed monster on ownership. Nice. So, so how'd you get used here? To be, used to be owned by, uh, well, I, yeah, used to, good, good question. I, yeah, you know, previously I was with the WWE for six and a half years, which is ironic because the XFL's previous owner was my previous boss, uh, you know, uh, Vince McMahon. So um, fortunate enough to to work in a WWE for for such a long time and and be there with a tremendous experience and, and great company. And before that, I, uh, well, I was just talking with Jacob before you got on about my time with the Houston Texans and and how great that was. You know, I, you know, I guess my dream was always to play in the NFL. That never happened. But to be in there, you'd be on the sideline, a part of the organization, be with the guys in the mix. That was uh, I did that for two seasons, 2014, 2015. Um, and then before that, I was with Penn State football. Uh, I was I was fortunate to to be under leadership of Bill O'Brien as our head coach. He took over that program and and um, just at a at a unique time in college football history where you know back then at those in 2013 2012 that was right when the Joe Paterno kind of saga was ending and and kind of a weird time and and but man it was very cool to be a part of that because we 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 helped stick that program together and keep that thing keep that thing on track and uh that was that was unique and and very uh fulfilling to kind of you know look back and say hey that was what a what a cool time period that was and to be a part of that so so yeah before that i was i was at a smaller school in jacksonville university kind of just trying to cut my teeth figuring out you know i wanted to be a linebackers coach and then uh yeah, ended up getting an opportunity to go to Penn State to, to be as a strength conditioning coach and kind of never looked back and been fortunate, kind of been lucky to hop on right, you know, right people or be a part of the 
you know, you know, uh, you know, guys on the rise like Bill O'Brien and then, you know, met some people to go to WB and saying, you know, XFL now. So, yeah, cool ride, fortunate. And um, it's been it's been good. I think every stop I've learned stuff, learned things and experiences that help me with the, the, the next stop, which is which is good, you know. How is the XFL, or sorry, how is how did the WWE prepare you for the XFL? I mean, that seems well, yeah, it's great. So, you know, if you look at the WWE, I feel like you know if you can you can survive in that world, you can survive in anything. You know that that is a wild business. That's a nonstop deal. There, there's no off season. There's no there's no uh, hey, we're gonna we just finished up a long season. Now we're going to go, we're going to go back and we're going to take time off and get the body back. I mean, they just had SummerSlam last weekend and it's Monday night raw the next day, you know? So it's like that, that, that thing keeps going. So if you can survive an ad and, and what, what I learned on that was how to take care of people's bodies and, and these athletes that are banged up and still get them through the week. You still got to train. How do we, how do we work around injuries and things like that? So um, the other thing is, I was I was part of WWE developmental side, so these were pro athletes that still needed to develop and get to the main show, which was Monday Night Raw, which was Friday Night SmackDown. So I was in a unique spot where it was like college athletics and, and a little bit of pro mix. So it was like these guys were still hungry. These men and women wanted to make it to the to the top. And but you, they were treated like pros because they were they got paid to be there. So, they, you know, it was it was a good mix of, you know what, they're still hungry. They're not entitled. Right. Which is a unique thing. Usually you're in NFL. You got, you know, some entitled players and they're making millions of dollars or you're in college athletics and they're hungry. And they're making yet. millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Now, nowadays they are. But. But but with NXT with WWE we were in that kind of a sweet spot. I felt really you you know it was a real kind of a, a unique area where I love that you know like hey it's your job to show up on time and get things done. You got to be like a pro, but hey you you still got to develop and work. And that's kind of what it's like in the XFL. So it, it's very similar in that regard. There are pro athletes. We got to take care of them, treat them like pros, show up on time, go about your business just like pros do. But hey, guess what? They're not entitled so much to the fact that they're making millions of do dollars. They, there is something in their game that needs to be developed. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't be in the XFL. So it's like, hey, what can I do to get better to make it to that next step? So it's very similar parallels from previous stop to, to now. And, um, you know, so that that. That's why I, it was enticing for me because, you know, I, I kind of I love that. I love that. You know, it's like you still got that chip on your shoulder. And but at the same time, we're all pros here and we're going to show up on time and, and go to work. Mm -hmm. Is uh, I mean, uh, like, how does the XFL work? I mean, obviously, the NFL is, you know, by far like the biggest, on, you know, on the planet. Right. For this kind of uh, Americanized football. Um, so the XFL is kind of trying to sneak in, I guess you could say, like uh, off-season type of deal, kind of pulling from different players that get cut off of rosters and trying to kind of build guys and give guys another showcase to maybe potentially, I don't know, get bigger contracts. Um, like really what's the, you know, and I'm not asking for the marketing report, but I just wonder like how does the niche fit in? I mean, I've always thought that the NFL um, always, you know, everybody needs a rival and the NFL has owned this kind of space for so long. 
that it, it seems like everybody that's tried from the USFL, XFL, all these other different things have just kind of got in. They've got some momentum and they just kind of peter out. And I wonder if it's a, you know, just a money thing or it's just that the fans, because I liked watching the XFL. I liked some of the rules. I liked how they did the kickoff. I liked, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I just thought it was a fun version, whereas there's so much bullshit in the NFL down to like, oh, your, your socks aren't tall enough, so now you get fined $5,000. or You're not wearing the right cleats. I mean, there was so much ticky-tack bullshit yeah. that uh, the XFL is like, fuck that, just go out and play you know, I think I think with the difference with uh, this version of the XFL is that it's not really trying to be a rival. You know, um, I think what you know they they welcome the fact that we do want to have a, a collaboration with the NFL, and I think that's why it's so unique. the The XFL wants to be a platform of greatness for players that might not have gotten the opportunity right it, it is a it is an opportunity league it is the league of opportunity so so it's it's very much based around that it's a player first league what can we do to help the player as opposed to like what can we do to help the the league we feel like if we focus on the player then the league will get the the league will will will, will get better and 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 that 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 gets that allows everybody to come back to center right if if we all have different apartments departments in this league you know strength conditioning is one department but the entire league is focused on what's best for the player then it brings us back to center and lets us know what our goal is and 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 move forward and work as one so like that's really kind of the difference here with us um and the other thing i'd say is trying to make the, how can we make the game better how can we how can we improve on the game that we all love right we all we're sitting here on this podcast because we share this love of the, of, of the football how can we improve it right it's been known to it's been one way so for so long is there a way that we can tweak it make rule changes do things a little bit differently we're not bound by those traditions that the NFL is bound by. We're not saying that that game is crap. We just say, hey, is there a way for us to make it better? Is there a way for us to improve it? And and in that same breath, give this platform of opportunity for guys like, hey, might have fallen through the cracks. You know, look, hey, I want to. I still want to continue to be a pro football player. Maybe I. Maybe I'll, I'm just. You know what? I'm 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 on that 54. I'm always you know the Dwayne Johnson says it all the time. He's player 54, right? It's a league of player 54s, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. We we either we you know um, I was a 54. I was probably more like 64, but you know I would have still loved to love to play in this league. So I think that's where the league is. You know, hangs its hat on of, of it being a league of opportunity and a, and and a, a league that wants to drive the future of the game. In to a better place so that when we when we look back and say man we did some good things not only for the players but for the game of football and you know hopefully you know that vision is what's going to keep it around and as opposed to trying to compete with some something that's hey let's be honest that's very that's going to be a hard task to do that you know the nfl is 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 um is there for a reason and it's built in and a lot, lot of years and a lot of money we we, we don't really want to do that we just want to kind of have our own universe you know and and um be that platform of opportunity for players uh, the way i describe it is the nfl is like trying to displace the catholic church I mean, it's been there forever. I mean, it's steeped in everywhere. I mean, people have fans. They have historical knowledge. Like my dad's fan. We lived here. We followed this. I mean, you know, playing in the NFL for a decade, um, I never would have expected like 
the family rivalries and the lineage, like, you know, the Eagles fans, like I've been an Eagles fan for 40 years and, uh, you know, my dad was an Eagles fan and this, and they have all this history building into it. So it's, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, with the XFL, how many teams, uh, are, are they planning to come out in this, you know, in the, in the first go out coming? We interrupt this episode with a shameless self-promotion. Are you a field or court sport athlete looking to dominate the leaderboard? Let me introduce you to Field Strong. Take your inner athlete to the next level by exposing yourself to the advanced training techniques that contributed to my 10 years in the NFL. Unlock pinnacle performance and level up your athletic potential today. Head to powerathletehq.com forward slash Field Strong and claim your seven-day free trial. Now back to the show. We have eight teams. All right, so we have... We have Arlington Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, Seattle Sea Dragons. We have the Vipers. Um, we have the we have the St. Louis Battlehawks. We have the DC Defenders, and then we have the Orlando Guardians. So those are our eight teams. We got a great staff of coaches that lead our teams we got everybody from Heinz Ward Terrell Buckley Wade Phillips Bob Stoops Anthony Beck we just got a brand new coach Anthony Blevins like these guys have the pedigree to match you know to go along with anybody in this in this sport and that's what really so we feel like man this is you know, and then on top of that, uh, you know, you, you take it a step further. You talk about who's who's running the show from up top. It's people like, you know, Mark Ross, Doug Whaley, Carrie Gordon, think, uh, Dave Dykeman. We, we, there, there's people with a lot of NFL experience that are really good at what they do. You know, our, our chief official, Dean Blandino, you know, a lot of years in the NFL. So, like, they're, they, these these people – know what they're doing as far as in the game of football, whether it's the head coach, whether it's the, you know, the executives. So these uh, very, very like football, not very knowledgeable in this game and, and business savvy. And, and where the league is in very good hands with the people that are, are in this league. <laughs> so where does your spot fit in? I mean, kind of the, uh, this kind of performance deal where they bring you in, I mean, do, is it, um, is it something where every team, um, you know, do they have training facilities or these teams kind of like, you know, obviously, uh, you know, does Seattle kind of bring these guys together? Do they have a centralized training plan, a strength coach that's kind of overseeing you can just kind of, you know, overseeing everything i'm kind of overseeing everything here as opposed to uh, you know it and maybe you know what you've been with when your experience in the nfl and in my previous with the, you know texans it's you know we we're kind of one organization and we're going against these other 31 organizations and 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 the xfl it's hey how do we make the league better right how how do we how do we how do we drive forward and do what's best for the players in this league as opposed to just like team by team like okay yes we all want to win like and each team wants to win that championship at the end but for our sense it's different because we have one centralized ownership group and then it all trickles down and then, like like i said earlier we're all doing this for what's best for the player so when when in my vertical strength conditioning player performance we like to call it is is you know what what can we do to make that's best for the player we want to maximize their performance 
as best as we can, and we want to keep them available for these coaches to have on Saturdays and Sundays when they play. And then what's, how do we do that? How do we make those effects trickle down throughout the whole league, all eight teams? How can all eight teams feel that and, and receive that care and, and programming or, you know, things things of that nature? So then that's where you, you hire coaches that, yes, they're going to be a part of those teams, but it's like, hey, this is our mission. This is what we want to do. This is how we want to take care of the players. You know, this is what we're going to do. This is this is our attack on that. And then, you know, you do that in a way where it's like, you know, you don't tell them how to do their job. It's just like, hey, we want we're excited. You're going to you're going to this is your opportunity to to be a head player performance coach. But in this realm of we we need to take care of the players and this is how we're doing that. So it's a little bit unique in that sense. I like it because um, it allows for cool opportunities, man, like like. Can you see something work on a wide scale and and like as opposed to just being in one team? And um, you know, the reason why the reason why I accepted this position is for that reason of being with the entire league. It, it's one thing when you're working at you know the WWE where you're working in developmental or with the Houston Texans, you can make changes for that team and feel really good about that. Like, man, you know what, you know, over my tenure here, I can hang my hat on, man, I did some good things with this organization singular, a lot of players in that organization, but one singular, one singular organization. And the fact that it was like an opportunity to try to have that feeling for an entire league is special. It's not out there. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not something that's commonplace. So it was very unique and challenging. It's not easy, but that's the reason why I ultimately drew me to this because it's like, man, wouldn't it be cool if man, we can really make some changes and in, in impact throughout the whole entire league, not just, not just the team. And I feel like that's where we're different. So, you know, my vertical is player performance. There's, you know, uh, right now as we as we are speaking, and you know, for the next foreseeable future, we have four facilities in the Arlington, Texas area, the uh, North Texas area. Each facility is shared by two teams, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll have a staff, a player performance staff that's at that facility. It could be a local high school. It could be, you know, uh, we have a, a facility that's Choctaw Stadium where the Rangers used to play. So we have these four facilities, two teams share that facility. So one will practice at this time slot in the morning. The other one will come at this time slot in the afternoon. And our player performance staffs are like in charge of that facility. So it's unique in that role. Um, we feel like that that gives us the best chance to kind of keep this thing rolling as opposed to like bankroll us right off the get-go. It's like, okay, maybe this can get us going up and up and moving. Okay, now we got the wheels going. All right, now we the, the league has grown. Maybe we do have our own facilities in our own cities in the future. But but as of now, that's how we're rocking right now is, is we, we have these facilities in Texas. All the teams train there, and then they hop on their plane, and they'll play at their market cities on, on game days, travel back, and then continue to practice and prep. Yeah, that made more sense to me. Um, you know, just from like a centralized location and those teams will actually play in the cities they represent. That actually makes a ton more sense. This episode of Power Athlete Radio is powered by Train Heroic, the most immersive strength training app experience on the market. We've built our online training business by partnering with Train Heroic and helping us deliver all of our world-class training programs like Jack Street, Field Strong, and Grindstone. 
To learn which Power Athlete training program best suits your goals, head to powerathletehq.com training. And if you're a coach looking to build a business with the best tech and training, go to trainheroic.co forward slash powerathletehq. And now back to the show. Which is very unique because you, we saw last year when they play in these market cities, these fans go nuts. Yeah. So so, so they, they, each team kind of starts to develop its own identity, right? So like when I, you know, you you know more, like the Eagles, right? What better fan base than the Philadelphia freaking Eagles, right? They no. all have their own their own identity. It's a, it's a character in itself. And we're starting to build that with our cities in the XFL. It's very important to the league and to the players that they want to go and play for their city. So we not might be there 24-7, Monday through Friday, but man, being out there, getting on that plane and playing hard for their city, that's really important to that league. And it helps give us our league that special, unique identity and and to start to like really gel with our cities. And that way our cities have our, our fan bases can really start to become, you know, their own we saw in dc you know we had a freaking beer snake in, in the dc field where every week it was its own it was its own character was the fan base and and they would they would drink their beer and then stack the cup and they would stack 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 and they'd call it the beer snake so now this thing is taken on a life of its own and then each each city has their own type of unique thing with that so that's really unique with us and our in, in you're talking about for spring leagues and then it's really important for us because um, you know it really matters that that way that way these cities can buy in and sink their teeth into these teams. So when do you guys expect to go to training camp, and then when would the first game be? So we're expected to have training camp sometime around early January, uh, you know, mid January, some some there around there, um, and then we would uh, say about a month of training camp or so, and then we and then we play our uh, game. So you would say, let's say mid January. Month from there, mid February is first game. I think tickets just went on sale for the season, which was, uh, you know, we're uh, really happy about that, really excited about that. I want to say somewhere around that mid February area is week one, 10 week season, and then we have um, playoffs. So um, it, it, that that's how that'll go. We'll probably end right around, right around mid May as well, far as the championship game and things like that. Well, what's a little more unique is because it's a centralized ownership, uh, you're no longer going to like have haves and have nots. Um, as you know, in the NFL, uh, you can go to a new team and the facilities, the travel, even down to like the equipment is is night and day different. I mean, it's kind of changed now. Everybody's kind of up their game. But for a long time, there were like these top epsilon teams where, sure. you know, they're not chartering planes. They have their own plane. I mean, like, you know, uh, five star chefs. I mean, they've really gotten pretty nice with it. But, uh, you know, I would hear horror stories, you know, guys that would go play for Cincinnati. I mean, they've since upgraded since they got to a Super Bowl. But I mean, some of those places like Cleveland, they were just terrible. And then, yeah. you know, and then you have places like, you know, uh, the Eagles were, were terrible. And then they became really nice. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys. So it's pretty interesting uh, that teams have, you know, and, and the owners, I think, used to look at it a little bit different. Like they were trying to make a dollar. Now, all of a sudden, all the owners are like multi-billionaires. And now they're playing their own game of fantasy football. And it's more ego for them to be able to get a Super Bowl title than to make a few bucks. I mean, they're already rich. So I think uh, I think it's right. definitely changed. Right. How uh, how involved is uh, Dwayne Johnson in all this? I mean, I know I saw him come out and he does the whole deal. I mean, is, he, is it something where, you know, he might come to the facility, I don't know, once a week or meet the players? I mean, how involved is he as an owner? Yeah, obviously he's one of the most busiest, probably if not the busiest guy on the planet. 
But I tell you what, this is a passion project for him, and, and well as Danny Garcia, the, the, they're they're all in, and and he'll take time out of his busy schedule, like like this past weekend, or sorry, co- couple weekends ago for the XFL Combine, and he'll show up and he'll be there, and he wants to shake the hands of the players, and he wants to be in the mix, and he's he's always you know not that. Uh, you know, the, he, he's always looking at the weight room. That's his thing, right? Like, yeah. how's the weight room? And we better, man, I'll tell you what, if, <laughs> if my job is the weight room, I better make sure our weight rooms are up to par because our freaking ownership is, they they know a thing or two about that. So, so yeah, very involved, you know, obviously busy, busy schedule, but man, he was at, I, I, last, last year, last season, I'll just give you an example of how involved he we had four games so we had two games on saturday two games on sunday they they went to all four games they would they would go to uh one game at one facility half time hop on a plane go to the next game watch that game boom next day they'd make both games to the, for the next day so very involved tr- uh, at at these games they um I know that Danny, either Danny Garcia or Dwayne Johnson, or them both, were at a game each week. So it's very nice. important to them that they're on the on the ground routes. I, I wrote in my notes, and you know, I, I like you know, I, I always have my notepad with me. One of the things that I wrote down, um, we had a week about maybe uh, last week's meeting. We just had this combine, and everyone was talking about how great it went, and we, you know, it was very big for the league. We had some momentum. We were able to do some cool stuff. But the thing I wrote down in my notes was Danny Garcia was there every single day. Every single day. She went to the weight room. She saw us do testing in there. She was on the field. She was in um, media with coaches doing, talking to the all eight head coaches. I wrote down how impressive that was for a leader. So like for me, when I lead my team, that's how I want to be. I want to be on the ground floor. I don't want to be um, sitting in the back at the desk. I wrote that down. I thought that's impressive. Impressive. Who better to work for and try to, you know, you know, do a good job for than a person that's leading from the front and and there and it matters to to them. And so, very involved owners uh, ownership at the games, at the facilities, popping in, shaking hands, making sure that. Well, here's the thing. The players in the XFL matter to our owners. Sure. And when you just simplify it like that and just the cut cut through all the crap, it's like they matter to our owners. And and how would you treat somebody that matters to you? Like you would treat them like they matter to you, you know, and that's how that's how our players are are, are treated. And and it's 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 great to see. And like I said, I even wrote that in my notes. Like that's how I want to lead. I want to lead like that. You know, I want to be there and I want to be in the mix and on the front lines. Uh, I have a funny story about Dwayne Johnson. Um, when I played at the Eagles, um, Tom Canavy, who's probably listening to this podcast, the Colonel, uh, he was one of the assistants at Miami and knew the Rock. So whenever he would come in and they would wrestle in Philly, he would always stop in in, uh, in our little closet of a weight room in uh, um, in the vet. And uh, I got a chance to lift weights with him on a few different occasions, and he'd always hook us up with front row tickets. So I got a chance to go and meet him, and uh, always uh, super nice. And was you know awesome to come lift weights with them, and then, uh, but it was funny. <clears throat> I mean, he was in decent shape, uh, but I'd never remember thinking like, man, this guy. And now I see him now, and he looks like fucking Superman. 
So I'm like, shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty amazing where, you know, you get into Hollywood and it's like, dude, like this is how you're making your meal ticket. And just the fact that he doesn't have to travel, like just talking to those guys about their wrestling schedule. Um, you know, uh, Mark Calloway, the undertaker uh, lives around the corner yep. from us. And uh, like 300 days a year wrestling. Like I have zero idea how those guys are able to stay in shape or even get out there. I mean, that's insane for me. It, it, it's something that, that does, it, it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I took the WWE job was I was a, a, a personal, you know, goal of mine was to try to make sure that the world knew that these guys were pro athletes and elite athletes. And Hey, they go there. They put through bo their bodies through hell. And, and I wanted to make that aware, say, this is how we, we, we train and it's slowly getting there. You know, it, it's, you know, it, people are starting to realize that they are top athletes with the acrobatic moves and the schedule. I mean, unreal. Like I, I could, people would ask me all the time when I worked with WWE, how does it compare to the NFL? And I would say it like this. I would say NFL on Sunday, it's like, Boom, big car wreck, right? You come out the next day, you're you're banged up, you're bruised up. But WWE is just like little hits all year long. And it's just like it, it doesn't allow you for it, it doesn't allow you for that six, seven day period for you to get back to good again and then play. I mean, it's just like boom, boom, boom. You know, some of these guys right now and and um and these these athletes now they're doing raw on monday they'll come down to orlando they'll do nxt on tuesday and then they'll show up on friday night smackdown and then maybe there's a premium live event on saturday it's on i, I it hate traveling get brought up enough you got to be so dialed in with your prep and your recovery and that's just try i tried to help our uh, the, the athletes as best i could but you know you're up against it man no doubt you know and, and you just do it you just do your best you just keep preaching mobility work recovery diet you just keep uh, preaching that and hopefully um you know they 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 start to realize how important it is i think i think they do i mean otherwise they wouldn't be able to do what they they do now you know what um uh, you know you keep uh, or you mentioned uh having some strategies in terms of being able to manage these guys so that they can go out and compete and even though um i mean i hate to say wrestling is it's not fake it's scripted uh you know but there's nothing fake about what happens i mean how those guys move in the ring and the hits and all can't that say, i mean you can't yeah. say the f, f word there john you can't say the f word no i i do believe me i didn't say it at all it's uh no but i mean it's it's true people are like oh i'm like dude it's not fake it's it might be scripted but there's nothing fake i mean it's not like they're faking the moves i mean those guys are really taking the hits it's just kind of more uh i guess it's scripted is the way i like to put it um but how do you manage those guys to keep them in shape i mean for you know, if you think about in the NFL, I mean, obviously uh, Sundays are like car wrecks, but I always have believed that I think a lot of NFL players tend to get injured because they don't keep uh, a high level of physical conditioning. And, you know, when the conditioning falls off and they get into the season and you get into this kind of game shape, I don't know, pe people don't continue to lift weights and train like they used to or that they would in, you know, coming in yeah. in the off season. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that I think I was able to play at a high level was I always kept my conditioning up and always banged heavy weights. And I think, um, hopefully that's changing a little bit, but I always felt that the reason that the WWE guys were able to survive it is those guys still train their ass off. Cause at the end of the day, you got to get out there shirt off, you know, set of oh, yeah. speedo and some, some knee high boots, which, uh, um, I recently hung out with boss Rutan, and when he fought a King of pancreas, you know, speedo, 
you know, the boots yeah. and the, the deals they would wear. And he was always joking. He's like, yeah, I do a lot of absence up because I knew I was going to have to get up and, uh, you know, compete in a basically a speedo in front of people. So I wanted to be in good shape. So I always wonder if like the thought of having to take your shirt off is a big motivating factor for dudes to stay in shape where in the NFL, I get to stack on all this armor. Yeah. You know, that's a great, that's a great point. And it, and it's really, it made my job easier when I was there at WB because the intrinsic motivation is there, right? Like it, it, they, they don't want to, they want to look their best on camera. So there, that motivation was already there. It wasn't like, Hey, we, we gotta need you in here to work out. It was very much like, Okay, we got them. I got them hooked because they want it. How do I make sure they're doing the stuff that they need to do and not overdo it, right? So you talk about what are some of the things that we can give them tool-wise. You know, I always tried to preach, okay, no matter what, we're going to take care of our warm-up. Like, that's going to be a really staple of ours. And if we really nail down a proper warm-up and have pillars built into that, then if these are these these warm-up protocols are almost like mini recovery sessions, right? Whether that's take the time to foam roll, take the time to lacrosse ball, take those times to do your mobility work, take the, the activation exercises and then and then like okay now we can you want to you want to lift heavy weights okay great now we can do that or if you don't if you want to lift weights with higher reps that's fine too so really trying to like instill you know protocols and and really just habits so that men when they come into the weight room they're almost chipping away at it and they're micro dosing that stuff throughout the week and then instilling things like recovery days right nobody knew what a recovery day was in the wwe before i got there i, I don't want to sound like um yeah i, I don't want to take the wrong way like i did that but like honestly no one really knew what a recovery day was everybody was just you know chest so you invented recovery no <laughs> no <laughs> i meant like in the wb it was like chest back you know, legs, shoulder, arm, you know, you know, it was very like a, that, that bro split. And, and, you know, for, for when we came in, it was like middle of the week, you know, we want to, we want to make sure we have this or towards the end of the week, we want to make sure we dedicate a day for that. So, so that now when God, the hope was this, John, the hope was when they go from NXT to raw or SmackDown, we give them the tools like, okay, we've prepared you for the road. It's going to be harder because you don't have a place to go to and a coach to like, you know, it's like, like, you know, the strength conditioning coach to give you that, you know, but you have the tools now. Now you know how to take care of your body so that when you're on the road, make sure you do the proper warmups, make sure you do the recovery days, make sure you, you know, hey, you, you make, you know, a, a, another example was something that we used to say, how do we make light weights heavier so that way you don't always have to to move heavy weights so like how do you take a pair of 50s and make that into a hard workout at a hotel gym you know you talk about tempo work and 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 and, and one and a half reps or slowing it down or things like that how do we how do we make lighter weights heavy so all these types of things we would try to like instill and coach and teach up so that when they graduated from nxt they had these tools and obviously i always tried to make myself available for for them but but yeah you're right that that was it, it that was the some of the things that we tried to do to instill them like hey guess what you can't go balls to the wall now anymore you 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 got to start you got to start training like this this is your job now you you're you got to be prepared for that 300 days on the road this is this is how some of the things you got to do right and and that that you know i'd like to think that 
we tried to make we we definitely made some good steps in the right direction and in, in terms of accomplishing that and i'm proud of that and and just made me better as a coach because if i can train those guys and those girls then man i can train anybody because the, they they get put through the ringer and and uh it just it just makes you better as a coach because you know you can work around injuries you can work around scheduling all these things it's like nothing phases you anymore after after you know six seven years in the in the wwe i can imagine um as like so uh with the format i mean obviously all the players are living in that kind of north dallas area and they have four training facilities and they're coming in um like what's the player responsibility i mean i'm assuming that these guys aren't making huge amounts of money so they might still have jobs that they're working so are they are they working and playing football at night and trying to balance that whole deal or are guys just wholesale playing football so when it's football, it's football and football only, and 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 for them when they're when they're locked in and when they're here in Arlington. So, you know, the XFL wanted to give these players a a good a good salary and a good way of living, where it's like you know what they might not be millionaires, but guess what? They're able to take a deep breath and have and 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 get have what they need as far as like meals and things like that it's very much like the nfl where it's like we're providing meals to that it might not be as to the extent to the nfl and you know you know how it is in the nfl where it's like a meal is stuck in your face every every 10 minutes but we try to provide the very best for these guys whether that's you know protein whether that's you know vitamins you know hydration things like that you know you know all these things that we try to make it a great experience so that it isn't you know fend for yourself it is something that they want to be, because if we did that if we were just like you know what fend for yourself then the the players wouldn't show up right like yet eventually there's other leagues out there that they could go to and they you know we got to take care of them so that they understand man i want to play for the xfl i want to be a part of this and i and, and when i said earlier player first that's the type of stuff we're talking about what what do the players need How, what okay they need to get paid they need to have good food they need to have their living situation uh taken care of or or at least help help helped out with they need to have these things in order so they can go out there and play and and then once they're out there what do they need well they need the right equipment right let's get them uh, top of the line strength and conditioning equipment let's make sure they have you know the great uniforms and clothes and things like that and and so like player first that's what that means and i think that in our league it you know albeit it might be five six months but guess what a lot of these guys are on contract still you know for for in the off season so you know they might work other jobs but it's like hey the xfl showing them that they're all in with them and they want them they want them to be a part of the league and this league to grow and that's that's where it's like it feels good as an employee because there's no shortcuts taken, right? It, it's still a startup business and there's things that need to be, you know, tweaked. And, you know, all, as employees, you all got to understand that, 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 hey, this is a startup. But in the same sense, there's no real like shortcutting from ownership. It's like, hey, we're all in. We want this to be and, and we got to take care of the players. And this is what that looks like. So so I'm really it's, it, it, you know, it, it feels good as an employee to like be a part of a league like that, where it's like, hey, we're not you know what? It's a pretty good league taking care of these guys, you know, and it, it can only get better. It, it can always get better and improve and it will. But man, a great start. I mean, we had just to give you an example, like we had partners with Design for Sports Supplements that were giving these guys 
you know, multivitamin packs every day. We had aminos given to these guys every day. We had collagen given them every day. We had uh, we had partnership with Pedialyte, so like, they had abundance of Pedialyte and and protein bars that uh, and and protein shakes at their you know at the ready every day. We had you know the 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 uh, mental health uh, mental mental fitness app with our with our headsets roulette i was talking to you about on the oculus like we had four for each facility there i mean we had we have uh great tools in place for these players and we feel like man one of our one of our most proud sponsors and partners is arsenal strength conditioning arsenal strength they have some of the best equipment in in the in the market and they have they provided us with three weight rooms in the xfl it's like these guys are coming in with top of line equipment it's like man this ain't no rinky dink league this is they're taking care of us so we we're proud of that and we got to continue to to make strides with that because guess what if we don't take care of them they'll take their ball and they'll go somewhere else so we want to make we we want to make sure that that's important to us and we accomplish that so uh i mean last year was really your first I mean, well, I mean, I guess, yes, uh, I was looking it up. I'm, I was kind of blown away that the XFL started in 01. I didn't even realize it was that long ago. Now I feel old. Um, but it was originally started XFL, and the story's pretty epic. It's uh, Vince McMahon, you know, the the NFL kind of locked him out. He couldn't buy a team. He said, you know, typical Vince McMahon, you don't want me. I'm going to do my own shit. And, uh, you know, I mean, the guy has, you know, grown the WWE, and, you know, his partnering with the UFC is, you know, now created probably the largest conglomerate on the planet for entertainment. So, it's uh it's pretty interesting. I was kind of when I saw that whole merger go down, I was curious to think. I'm like, man, I wonder if he comes back into the XFL with the Rock as his partner and uh, uses a little bit of that cachet and cash and really just horsepower into the XFL. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, the NFL is so entrenched. Who knows, you know, you know, they're so entrenched that uh, you know, they're able to pretty much do whatever they want and until there's an alternate league that pulls away top players. You know, for whatever reason, like they're never going to really push the have to yeah. push the envelopes. Yeah. You know, the history of this of, of the XFL is, is wild. You know, I remember I, I was cleaning up my my house the other you know a couple weeks ago and I opened up a, a, a case that I was in deep in my closet and there was three three tickets to the Orlando rage game back in 2001. And I'm like, man, like, that's pretty cool. Like now, you know, I remember going to that game and and being excited as a fan and, you know, having that whole, you know, buzz around the XFL. Cause I grew up a big WWE fan. So like, it was like WWE meets football. Those are like my two biggest passions and, you know, in life is so very cool. And look, things, you know, look, things didn't work out. And, and, and then he made a resurgence 2020 and, and guess what? The pandemic happened and put a stop to it. And, and, you know, things just, you know, and then here comes, you know, Danny Garcia and and Dwayne Johnson. They're like, man, I want to, I want to do this. And I, and, and and it strictly came out of passion. And that's, what's cool about it is, is they're, they're not, they're not necessarily saying we, we don't want anything to do with that. You know, our previous, I think, I think anybody, Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson, I don't want to speak for them, but I feel like they they love 
uh, WWE. You know what I mean? They would tell you that them, themselves. So it's like they respect that, but they they have their own passion and they want to. They have their own plans of where to drive this league, and that's what's cool about it. It's yeah, we have history, but guess what? We're going somewhere new. We're going some. We're going to take this thing into a next frontier, and and we you know we want to respect the the history and everything like that. Respect where we came from, but man, we're going to to newer and better heights, and and that's what's cool about it. And you know we we can. You we could you could think about all the scenarios and and get lost in it, but really at the end of the day, you just gotta focus in on like how how can we make season two better? And that's what our plan is. Okay, we 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 had a good season one. How do we improve on that? And if let's just get tunnel vision and you know, from break it down to step by step, like how are we what are we gonna do to make season two a better experience for the players, a better experience for us as employees, a better experience for the fans? How do we how do we continue to drive? And then, you know, whatever happens outside of that will will, will happen. But let's focus in on just 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 like we were as players, you know, how do, what do I got to do to get better today? Right. I got to get to better. I got to get to, you know, I got to eat good when I wake up. I got to hydrate myself. And that's what we do is, you know, now that. I'm not an athlete. That's how I try to approach the job and try to lead our team. Like, hey, what what do we got to do? Okay, we got a job. Let's do it. And then the rest of it will always kind of work itself out. And but you know, that's what we try to do and just be just like we were as athletes. So what um what's going to happen in or what exciting things are in store for in 2024? Uh, rule changes, new uniforms, uh, different format. Like how you know, obviously you guys, you know got in and got the feet wet this year. But I mean, then, uh, you know, I saw there was a press release with Danny that, you know, uh, 2024 is going to be even bigger and we're really going to set this thing on fire. So what's kind of, what's awaiting us as future, you know, potential XFL fans? Well, I think, I think the big thing is that when we, when we got into season one, nobody, nobody knew what to expect. So we were kind of figuring this out as we went, right? And 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 we what we saw was, man, this is a pretty cool league. This we got some we got something here. We have proof of concept was number one. Like we did not have proof of concept. I'm sitting here talking to you, John, and I'm saying, hey. I need you to, I want you to be a part of the XFL. You would have been like, what do you got? And I, we didn't have that capability to show you what we have. Well, well, what do we have now going into season two? We have proof of concept. We, we have the, you know, we have stats that say that we can go to our partners at ESPN and, and say, look, we, this is, this is, we've proven this. We, these are our points per game. These are our, you know, these are how close our games were. There's, there's, you know, each game was exciting and here's our rule changes. And then we can take that proof concept and now we can get other sponsors and other partners to buy in. And then bam, what happens is we don't have to change a bunch of what we did, right? What we did is, is good. What we need and what we're, what we're, we're excited about is that now other people are going to want to join the party and help us out because man, they were able to see what we what we what we were able to do as a league and in the in the quality of play by these players and these coaches were able to freaking put on the field. Now it's like now they have proof of concept. So I think that's what everyone's excited about. It's not like hey, we're going to do this one thing for you know season two that's going to shock the world. It's you know what we got proof of concept. And 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 now people are going to be like, man, I want to be a part of that because guess what? It's player first. Guess what? It's you know, it's passion. Guess what? You know, it's opportunity. I want to be a part of that. I I want to I want to be a part of that excitement. So that's what you know I think is cool about season two is that we now have this concept that we can show to 
partners, sponsors, people out there that want to get on board. And I feel like that's what's really going to help, you know, start to grow this league a little bit. Dude, I think it's incredible. Um, and I mean, what, uh, like what are going to be some, I mean, shit, dude, I, what, what's hilarious about it is I, I saw that the league started last year and I think we watched one game and I got into it a little bit late. Uh, but as I've been going through, just trying to figure out like, like what are the rule changes? I mean, I know that there was like, a, you know, one of the big points of contention, it always feels like when the NFL is always kickoff. Uh, the amount of injuries yeah. that are in the kickoff is, uh, is you know, to the point where actually I was looking, I saw on ESPN the other day that they're trying to get rid of the kickoff. But it's been so integral into the, uh, you know, within the culture of, of NFL football that now they, they look to the XFL and how they did it um, and wanted to do some of those rule changes. So, I mean, it's pretty cool that the tail's now wagging the dog. But, like, what kind of things are in store? And uh, I'm kind of excited, you know, as somebody who played football, uh, I, I can't yeah. say I was necessarily um, a, a big football fan growing up, but uh, I did watch a lot of WWE or WWF wrestling when I was a kid. And, and uh, so that was kind of the era in which yeah. I, I, I remember. I mean, man, some of our rule changes, and uh, they're really cool. You know, they're really unique. I think they're 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 good for the players and it's good for the fans. So for the player on the player side, you talk about health and safety being paramount and that kickoff. You're right. That kickoff is it, it, it scares, you know, the NFL. It's kind of scary. Right. Had, you know, fast collisions, people moving at high speeds. Um, you know what the XFL has done? They shorten that that kickoff return line and that kickoff line. So where that there, there's a short amount of distance away from each other. So there's like five yards from them apart. And then once that ball is like caught. Then it's like go time for the for the kickoff team. So now you're cutting down on that collision. So what you will see, you won't see that kickoff line being where the ball's at traditionally, right? They're going to be much closer up, closer to that front line of the uh, receipt, uh, return team. And that, what's great is because now the technique is involved, right? Now you have to get off the block shed. It's very similar to what you would see in like training camp practice without the live. Like let's meet here. So they just basically took that drill, and that's how we're that's how we're starting. So that that's unique and guess what it allows for kickoffs to happen because if you kick the ball out of the end zone you're going to get penalized yeah. and you're going to get penalized severely so it, it, it we, we want returns in the game we want action we don't we, the xfl is trying to cut down on the dead play how many you know that dead play is when the ball's out of yeah. bounds okay here reset we're trying to eliminate the dead play so every time you watch as a fan it's something's happening you're, there's not a dead play there's not a kickoff out of, out of the end zone you know or maybe an extra point it's something happening live on top of the you know speaking of extra point there are no extra points in the game there 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 if you score you can you can go for one at at at, at the two yard line you can go for Two at the five-yard line, you go for three at the 10-yard line. So there's always action. And you talk about coming from behind. Man, if you can get nine points, that's going to really help your chance of coming from behind. Yeah. The overtime rule, that's a great, you know, that's that that's a great rule change. And then I think our coolest rule change, right? Is is the is the 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 chance to 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 alternate or have a have a different version of an onside kick. So if I'm, you know, bat, you know, and you know, traditionally. Um, our only chance to get the ball back would be an onside kick, and and it's hard to do. It's hard to it's hard to pull off. 
Um, so what what the XFL allows for is the alternative to go for a fourth and fifteen play. If you get that fourth and fifteen play, the ball keeps going in your in your favor. So you just keep driving down the field. And man, we saw a bunch of that last year. Um, and and it man, it makes the game way more exciting. Like I said, you could you can go for three. It helps your helps your chances. You're never really out of the game in the XFL. And as and you talk about from the fan experience, and that's something you you want to watch. Like you know. Whether whether you're rooting for your team to win, you still don't want to see a blowout. You want to see that close on the edge of your seat game. How's this thing going to turn out? And and the other thing that's really good for the fans is the pace of play. The pace of play is much shorter, right? So you can watch a game and it's got to flow. You can watch a game in two and a half hours, you know, under three. Yeah, it says uh, the uh, the XFL will operate with the 35 second play clock. And the basically incomplete passes out of bounds. Everything just keeps running. It's like on a running clock. Which I mean should until it speeds the game yeah. up, and then here comes two minutes, and then once you're under two minutes in the second half, you 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 go to that regular standard. Okay, the ball, the clock stop, but it speeds the game up. And as as a fan, man, you know, like you know how it is. It's like you're watching that game forever. You know, so it's very more fan friendly. Um, it gives players a chance to never be out of the game. It gives coaches, you know, talk about. Coaches can challenge anything, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I can challenge any call that's called that's unique. Um, and, and the headsets, I, I can have, I can have, you know, in the NFL, I think it's just quarterback and just middle linebacker, or you get to pick which what, what position in the XFL, you have multiple guys getting that signal. in. so it's like, you don't, you don't have to huddle and then break. It's, it's okay. Everybody's getting to play. You might have to signal onto the line or something, you know, Ram, Roger, Lion, Leo, whatever to, you know, set the protection, but it's like, they can get the play in and they can go. Uh, same thing on defense. So just, just more, you know, and that's what we're, that's, you know, when I spoke on earlier is like, where can we drive yeah. the future of football? That's the whole point of the XFL. Like maybe some of these rules might not pan out, but guess what? Maybe some of them will. And that's and if it makes the game of football better, then the XFL did it, did its job, and the XFL is going to hang their hat on that because guess you know that's what they're all about. How do we make the game of football that we all love? You love, I love, Dwayne Johnson loves, Danny Garcia loves, all these people love this game. How do we make it better? Fans and players and coaches. So I, I always bitched about TV timeouts. Um, one time I think we were playing up in Green Bay. We had like an eighteen play drive, and they called three TV timeouts during the course of that time. And they were basically trying to slow down the momentum because they wanted the Green Bay Packers to win. Uh, and I asked, as I was an NFL rep, I asked, you know, like, what the fuck is the deal with these TV timeouts? Can we figure this out? Like, are they're are they set? And it was explained to me that TV timeouts were put in by design to allow fans and people at home to be able to go get beer. So, you know, TV timeout hits, so then everybody rushes to go take a leak and uh, be able to go get beers and fucking they can sell more concessions. Same thing, TV timeouts, people can go get more chips and beer and so that it was all designed to be able to allow the fans or the people to be able to go out and just consume because if the speed of the game never happened, they wouldn't get out of their seats and they wouldn't buy concessions. At that point, I realized that we were dancing monkeys and we were just there for them to be able to sell their shit, which, uh, you know, but then they also use it very strategically where all of a sudden, and uh, I would do... If the NFL was going to fix a game, it wouldn't be the through the players. It'd be through the guy up, you know, the guy that's that's on the uh, in the ear of the ref, who's you know calling TV timeouts and adjusting the game, or a weird call goes. If the game was going to be fixed, that's how it would happen. And uh, those TV timeouts were just like, you know, you're playing in Green Bay, it's freezing cold, and all of a sudden you get three TV timeouts in a, in a course of one drive, and uh, 
everything goes to shit. Yeah. Uh, the one rule that I'm, well, you know, that, that I really liked for, for uh, me, I was just going to say, you know, if you're the NFL, the NFL has done some tremendous things, right? But but like you said, you made a point earlier, it hasn't had the alternative, right? So like they don't know to change things like that until somebody else comes along and does it. So it's not, you know, it's like, look, it's not their fault. It's just, it, it's just like, hey, they've never seen the alternative of some of the stuff. And then now it's like, okay, maybe they do like that speed of play and maybe they do implement that. And and it's like, you don't know until something else is out there that happens, you know? So it's, it's a little bit of that. I think too, it's like, Hey, you know, they're, they've done some great things and, 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 and they've done some amazing things, but it's like, okay, maybe they've, they just need a little bit of push on to, or, you know, newer, fresher ideas out there by somebody else that helped them drive the game into a better place. Uh, one of the rule changes that I really like for the XFL is the double forward pass which means that a team can complete a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage and then the person as long as they're behind the scrimmage can do another forward pass in the nfl uh you know you basically uh you know one forward pass it's it but i think it's pretty cool that uh you know you could effectively quarterback could drop back and throw to a receiver who could then obviously you know if he's got a cannon for an arm throw it across the field which sounds pretty exciting and um, we saw that we saw that play out in the XFL. And I remember when that happened, it just, you know, it just it, it was very cool to see. It allows for different uh, plays to, to be implemented by the offensive staff. And and it gives something to a defensive coaches, something more to think about. I mean, just, you know, it, it, it that's fun. You know, you yeah. know, players like that. They always like that trick play type stuff. And then it's just something else in the in your bag of tricks that you can offer. And, you know, that's that makes the the game more fun. And not only for the players and the fans, but for the coaches, too. Yeah. No, I mean, it uh, it, it allows for more creativity. Um, but it's still standard 11 on 11 football. I mean, it's not as if we're getting into like at the end of the day. You know, right. Yeah. We got to, Hey, we got to line up and play and, and we got to block and we got to tackle fundamentals. And that that's the, that's what was great about it. John is because these guys have a chance to develop their game. You, you know, if I'm a coach and I'm look, watching this guy and he, and that guy is on the cusp of making training camp, right? Which is about to happen here in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks here at training camp. These guys are going to be right on that edge, right? And what does it come down to? It comes down to, ah, we need to take, we need to take more receivers because of this, or you just didn't make the number. And, and that person now is pushed off to the side and they don't have the time to develop in order to prove their case sure. and they don't have film. Well, guess what? Now they get cut. Okay. So what big deal? Let's go play in the XFL. Let's, let's develop that skill that you might've needed, but didn't get a chance to do because guess what? You needed to cut down your roster. Well, now you have a platform to develop those skills, whether it's pass rush, whether it's ball catching, whether it's, you know, breaking on the ball, using your hands, whatever, or just to simply film on tape so that you can show, man, I am good. I just, you know, and, and guess what? I'm, I'm playing at a high level in a league. That's not a rinky dink league. That's pretty dang good with some good ass players. And then that's, what's going to help me. And, and, and that's what, at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to opportunity to showcase what you got, whether you want to make it the NFL or you just love this damn game and you want to play and you want to, you know, play for as long as you can. And, and that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's 11 on 11 football at, at a high level. And it, it gives it an opportunity to kind of get develop their game, you know, in baseball or basketball guys develop their game all year round. Yeah. 
You don't, you, you don't need a game to develop your jump shot. You don't need a game yeah. to happen to develop a drive to the hoop and a, and a soft touch. But in football, you kind of do need a game to happen to develop your skills. Well, now these players are left out on the on the side or on the on the side of the road because they don't have that chance to develop in a game setting. And it's now it's like now they do have that. And that's that's what's going to help drive the football world, because, man, these guys are developing their skills. They have a place to do that. Whereas in baseball, hey, I can get a, I can go catch ground balls all day long from my buddy. You know, same thing in basketball, um, football, a lot harder to do. And, you know, that that's what's cool about the league is that you get a chance to do that now. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I was fortunate when I went from college, I obviously got to go play in the NFL and I played with guys in college who didn't have the college experience that they were looking for and ended up trying to go out and play some semi-pro stuff. And I remember just thinking like, not in a million fucking years would I go do that. I mean, especially after, uh, you know, playing in the NFL. But then when you kind of get done, it's kind of like, oh, you're done. Uh, go do something else. And like you said, like there's really nothing to do uh, as an ex football player. I mean, there's really nowhere else to go. There's no like, Hey, I'm going to go fucking strap it up and go play on the weekends. Even though some guys I know were playing in like a fireman police league. And like, I've seen some pretty wild shit where I'm like, dude, I don't know if, uh, if that's something that I would do after the fact, having gone and played in the NFL. But, uh, I think this is great. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated to look to, you know, like when, when they, you know, obviously you guys had your combine, you get into training camp and kind of get the teams. I'm always fascinated to see, um, you know, what young good players are, you know, showcasing and then like what old dudes that the NFL thought were over the hill that still have good mileage come in and, and be pretty dominant. Yeah. That, that's what it's all about is, is trying to, you know, tell stories with these players and, 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 you know, we 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 saw a good glimpse of that last year. A lot of a lot of different stories with some of our players. You know, I'll give an example that we had AJ McCarron. You know, with the St. Louis Battlehawks, he was a guy that, you know, was a top player in our league. You know, could have been the MVP of our league. It could have um, maybe he, I might have, was he the MVP of our league? I'm not I'm not quite sure, but he was he was one of the better players in the league. Um, you know, here's a guy that had a huge pedigree in Alabama football. Then he gets to the NFL and, you know, look, he was back up for years and great career as far as that. And but at the end of the day, and he, this is his words, he just wanted to play. He wanted to show his his son that his daddy could play football and that league this league provided that opportunity with to him. So like, that's a story. That's a great story yeah. to tell. Uh, another example is a, is a slot receiver from Seattle sea dragons who got famous because he did YouTube uh one-on-one series called, you know, destroying videos. And he like kept winning these one-on-one routes and kept winning and nobody could guard him. So the Seattle Sea Dragons gives him an opportunity to run these routes and he tore up the league. He was like the, the best receiver in the league. And now, you know, got gets opportunities at NFL camps and stuff. So like, man, the stories are there. And that at the end of the day, that that's what these fans want is they want to be able to have that story so that they can tune in and watch and root and 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 it's just more to come and ton you know ben Benucci was a great story for us last year guy that had a little time with the cowboys you know now comes in 
great, you know, you know, had a lot of swagger and, you know, was, was a great mic'd up guy at week in week out, but, you know, played well. And now he's he got a shot at NFL again. So like he kind of, you know, fell off, resurged his career. Um, so it, it's every, everybody from like that, you know, the guy that didn't get a chance to the guy that used to get a chance that kind of fell off and resurged. So a lot of good storytelling yeah. in this league and, um, that's what it's all about. What do you think the hardest position is to go out and uh, potentially fill? I mean, um, you know, I mean, obviously the quarterback job, uh, you know, just from the learning standpoint and that opportunity, I think that's a pretty hard job. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of dudes who can run routes. I mean, uh, you know, rush the passer. I just wonder, like, when it comes down to like the legitimate kind of skills and that component. Um, I wonder what the hardest position for you guys to develop, or more importantly, like, what's the, you know, like, what's the one player that everybody's away from? think it's the hardest for them to find is that o-line you know you know i would say o-line first followed by d-line i mean it's hard to find and they're not out there if they're if they're good they're they're already caught up you know they're already they're already grabbed up you know what i mean and you know that more than anybody so it's a it's tough to find the the guys that are really good at that position with the size and the and the skill set to do that you know that you have to have a a a unique skill set you have to be high IQ to play that, you know, a lot of things happening. Uh, you got to be able to know protections and, and, and mic points and things like that. And, and so I would say it's hard, it's hard to fill those spots and find that and especially good depth at that. There's a lot of good DBs out there, a lot of good, uh, you know, receivers out there. I'm not saying I'm not taking away from that, but there's a lot more of that out there to go around, so to speak, than it is your, your O line and D line. I think. Well, I mean, you can develop those in seven on seven. Like you said, guys, can put up a YouTube deal and uh, run routes and sure. try to do it and, do, and kind of hone your skills. Unfortunately, playing offensive line, the only way you learn that is through live bullets in your pads and going and doing it against high-level yeah. components, which, you know, like, where are you going to do it? You're going to ask your buddy to go out and get his pads and be like, yo, let's go do fucking right. one-on-one pass pro? Like, uh, it's not going to happen. Right. So that's interesting. Right. You know, and, and, and but, but you know, the, it, there's a guy, you know, there's a guy out there with O-line masterminds. Yeah. Duke May, his name's Duke Mayweather. Yeah. He, he does a great job with that stuff. You know, he's one of the, you know, he's he, he would he would probably agree with us. You know, that's the reason why he's got what he has. <laughs> so it, it it will it will continue to develop because you know it is a need and and uh, so but but yeah, you're 100 percent right. It's just it's just tough, you know, and and it's just the size and the size, man. You gotta you gotta you Dude. gotta have the size to to, to put this. And what it, when you grow up, you know, I got I got two little nephews. One of my nephews is playing tackle football. You, you know, he's playing center. And we we got to say, look, man, centers, look, you're touching the ball every time. But it, it's not – these guys want to play quarterback. They want to play, you know, receiver and, you know, things like that. It's not most the, the glorified spot. But, but you know, so that that plays into it too. And, you know, when you go throughout Little League, it's like nobody wants to play line. But, um, but yeah, I think it's going to – you know, when you got you got things like the O-line mastermind coming up, and it, it's just only going to get better because there is that – there's that void, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, uh, uh, dude, yeah, no, I, uh, Duke just had his big summit I was supposed to go to, uh, ended up not being able to make it, but, you know, in terms of content and what he's pushing out and kind of bringing that spotlight, he's doing a great job. Uh, the, Absolutely. uh, my buddy Kaz is a strength coach at, uh, TCU and, uh, oh, yeah. he's one of the best. Oh yeah. He's yeah one of the best in the game. He shot me. They have a freshman who's like six, five, uh, what was he? He's four seventy. 470 he, he he were supposed to report at 445 and he came in at about 470 65 66 470 and uh i asked him i was like god damn what's that like i mean it's got to be fucking miserable 
you know, in Texas. He's like, oh, he's a Texas kid. And he goes, the, the scary thing is he's a pretty good athlete. And he's like, I'm, I'm telling you, I would like, if somebody had told me on paper, wow, what was going to happen, that's, that's going to be scary. I was like, fuck dude. Like he sent the picture. I'm like, there's no way like to stand out in that Texas heat. And he's like, he's a Texas kid. He's used to it. So, um, you know, when I came, I remember like, um, there was a dude and, uh, he's like, he's a freshman and he's that big. I'm like, wow. dude, uh, the biggest I ever was, was 326 pounds. And it, it was awful. He'll be making holes for them. Oh. I, I like unbelievable. I mean, if he can, uh, has a decent level of conditioning to be able to go and do it. I mean, that's, that's absolutely insane that the kid's almost 500 pounds. He's 30 pounds away from 500, which effectively, if you were 500 pounds, they were cutting you out of the, out of your house, Gilbert grape style. But to say that kids putting on pads and effects was a pretty good athlete and moved through space at damn near 500 pounds. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a new one for me. The cast will get him right, you know, get him, get him down, make sure he's, he's right. And, uh, but you're, you're right. I mean, that's, you know, we, we saw a lot of that in WWE with these, these bigger boy, you know, uh, bigger athletes. And it's like, you try, you don't want to, you don't want to like, it's part of that, which makes their character. But then you also kind of want to talk about like, Hey, it's healthier to, 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 you know, if you kind of watch this and make sure, you know, take care of your joints, take yeah. care of that. So, so, so we always, you know, we, we always had to play that fine line because it's like, okay, part of that character is the size, but you also want to take care of the, the, at the end of the day, you, you care about the the person and, and their health and longevity. Like you want to be able to do this for a long time. I don't care what sport you're in. You want to be able to, you want to be able to play this game and, 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 or do what your craft is for a long time and longevity is key. And that, and that's where you can really, you know, hang your hat on at the end of the day be like, yeah, man, I did this for a long time. You know, I was able to make a good living for myself and, and, uh, but, but yeah, that's funny. Cows will get him right. If there's oh. one guy out there to get him right. It's that guy. No, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like that was, uh, when he shot me that picture, I was like, God damn, that's uh that's big. I mean, I can't imagine the stress on the joints. I mean, but to be that big at 18 years old, uh, blew my mind. Um, for, yeah. uh, when you worked in the WWE and you were kind of their development stuff, I mean, how many guys kind of come through that pipeline? I mean, everybody's familiar with like, you know, the rock and John Cena and the undertaker and all these kind of big character guys that you kind of see, but then there's always these, you know, you know, Joe Sanders comes running in, you know, for his first deal. And they kind of test these guys, uh, like how many of these guys kind of come through? And I mean, is it similar to the NFL where I think, man, I think it was about 10 years ago, I was at a, a NFL deal with Troy Vincent and he dropped a stat a stat. I think this is in like 2012, 2013 that, you know, over the course of the NFL history, you know, 40, 50,000 guys had played in the NFL. It was just over a thousand or just under a thousand had played longer than four years. And everybody's like, no. And then he put up the names wow. and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. And then he showed like a bunch of the names of like the dudes that hadn't and you didn't know any of the names. So I wonder with, with yeah. the WWE if it's very similar where, you know, you have thousands of guys throw, come through and test and, you know, there's one John Cena and there's one Dwayne Johnson and one Undertaker. And, you know, um, I, I was fortunate enough to listen to um, um, Ric Flair on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I've always been a Ric Flair fan. I, I do the monologues and his whole oh, yeah. thing. I mean, he just, oh, yeah. you know, like his whole, the whole persona oh, for Ric Flair was like, but I mean, that's kind of the era of wrestling. I remembered when I was a kid, you know, him and this and, you know, the dancing and the whole thing. And uh, just listening to his longevity yeah. story and the ability. I mean, these guys went out and got fucking obliterated every night on alcohol, showed up and this and partied and like, I listened to it and I'm like, dude, I wouldn't have lasted a year. And this guy lasted 50 years. Oh, yeah, he, he's a, 
he's a unicorn man when it comes to that um I, I was fortunate to, to go to his uh, roast. He, he, you know, he had his, he had his final match in um, Nashville, which was the home of SummerSlam last year. And um, I'm friends with Mike Vrabel, and Mike Vrabel is a, a big Ric Flair fan, so um, I was able to go to his roast, which was two nights before his final match, and just got to hear some great stories from his peers and, and friends and, and uh just a good experience you know also one of my favorites and and uh so you know it just he i think he's a I think he's a unicorn to still be going i mean there's there's, there's only one rick flair but if, to your question about you know the nxt and the developmental we, we would have consistently anywhere from like 80 to 100 guys in developmental and and that was a revolving door because you would you would get people to get called up and then you would get people that got cut and then you would get new recruits so like it was just this constant kind of game like okay sometimes you had to make cuts and like it didn't happen as much as the NFL because they didn't want it they, you have more time it's not like like there's more time to develop you don't have you know 10 years to develop but there, there's no rush with this thing you know like there's time we can take our time you know maybe maybe it doesn't click right away yeah uh, wrestling is a is a the sports entertainment thing it, it's a lot of psychology that goes you got to develop your character and, and you might be able to get the moves down but but man to know who your character are that, that that takes some time and the reps so it wasn't like this dead set oh this this person's gotta make it at this time so it was a little bit more lenient as far as like when you when people got cut um and so really it, it, it was like this but man we had a we had a recruiting class every every couple of months so it was like new wave of people we're you know you know we're coming in and then the, the thing about it it was unique it was which is very interesting now when you look back it's very it's very cool to see because i was part part of that for a small piece of that but if you look at raw and smackdown you know, outside of Brock Lesnar, who's really not on Raw SmackDown anymore, he's kind of just on the the big events. If you outside of a Lesnar or a Randy Orton, the the pretty much everyone that's on, you know, maybe Cody Rhodes, he was OVW. Everyone that's on TV, SmackDown, Raw, came from NXT. Mm. So WWE has done a tremendous job of like taking their talent, developing them the, the way they want to develop, teach them the tools, and then creating stars with them. Um, Bianca Belair, Montez Ford, uh, you know, Chad Gable, you, you know, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bailey, um, you know, the list goes on. They all, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, they all came from NXT, which is down there at the Performance Center Orlando. So you talk about like, you know, talent and, 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 you know, homegrown, like they have done a tremendous job with that. Um, you know, some people do get cut, right. For whatever reason, because it doesn't click or, you know, some things happen, they don't, you know, you know, it's, it's tough, it's tough business, right? Like yeah. not everybody is made out for it. Um, so, you know, those things happen very similar to the NFL, but, um, you know, if, if you stick with it and you listen to the coaches and you, and you, and you, you know, luck is involved too, just like anything else, but timing's got to be right. Um, but, yeah, it's very cool to see, like, man, such a high percentage rate of what's out there on TV now is coming from NXT. So for, like, me, when I watch, I, I, it's cool for me because I work with everybody, you know? Like, I work with them all, and and, and I have, a, you know, you know, a strength coaches, 
because you spend a lot of time with these with these athletes and you spend more time with them than the regular coaches do or the you know because you see them all the time you see them monday through friday for an hour and and you crack jokes with them and and that's what it's all about so you develop a special bond with all of them and now you see them all on tv and they're becoming stars and just couldn't be more happier for them but but yeah it, um just just a really cool stat that WB has that they take their development talent, they make them stars. They got a pretty good success rate with that. Yeah, no, it's um, it's impressive. I mean, I uh, like I know that the uh, you know the mastermind of this thing. I mean, they they have these characters, they push them out, and I know that how the crowd reacts to them is really what makes them float. I mean, if the crowd reacts to their character and the crowd cheers for them and, you know, something happens and I, you know, there's probably countless stories. They put a character out and they're like, yeah, that one didn't work. And they keep tweaking it and keep tweaking it. Mm-hmm. Or they send some characters out that they think are going to gonna bomb. And next thing you know, they're a huge fan favorite. So it's, um, it's, uh, it, it's fascinating that one, that they can write the scripts like soap operas. And then get these, you know, incredible athletes to basically be like, all right, yep. here's the script. Now I need you to go out and act, you know, let this thing portray and you know you're never sure is it 50 percent, 60 percent, how it all goes down but then to be able to execute this stuff and it's um and they're big dudes and you know uh, super fit girls that are just out there doing some insane shit and i think like uh you know there's a reason why i mean even though you know it's scripted uh there's no way to fake you know the athleticism and what people are doing and really just the personas so i mean it's uh i mean there's a reason the wwe is is is, is as successful that is it is and uh i'm just yeah i'm fascinated to see a little bit of that you know because um before social media uh as a player the only outlet that you had was through the media and which was going to be filtered by what the media wanted to say or the papers wanted to say or the sports writer and that was all kind of monitored with the team that if uh, a player said something crazy and or you know was doing something or trying to you know put out the persona a little bit there was always a uh, a check by the organization that if, uh, you know, if it's not 100% we want, we're just not going to give you access. So, I mean, there was always this piece. And now you have through social media, you have so much more opportunity for players to build their own brands and let people know who they are. I mean, the only way people knew who I was was based upon uh, if I was on Monday Night Football interviews or through the paper or just kind of, you know, meeting yeah. you in person. Now with social media, uh, you know, these players are creating entire brands. So um, it'd be neat from kind of my standpoint, pretty rad if, uh, you know, and I'm sure they do like kind of helping develop characters a little bit going into the, the NFL or, you know, like I said, into, uh, you know, XFL, you know, not to say that they're going to, you know, come out with personas and test it in the crowd. But I, I liked that aspect where, where people got a chance to really see who the players were. And I think the NFL does that by design because what they want yeah. is they want team loyalty. And then they want to just be like, Okay, let's just drop a new cog in there. And, you know, Tom Brady's been the quarterback for the Patriots for fucking, you know, centuries. Next thing you know, right. he leaves and the Patriots just keep rolling. And then, you know what? People buy new jerseys. Yeah. And like, even though they're still a fan of him, they're still loyal Patriots fans. And that's how it's designed. Right. So. Yeah, I think I think in, you know, what's cool in my position is I, I've been a part of both worlds. And um, you look, WB, they do, they do really well they do production they do social media they tell stories really well and then and then like the nfl and and you know these football organizations they do football really well they coach football well they have great coaches they they know how to take care of players well guess what the xfl is their ownership 
guess what they guess what they know really well. They know really well about that other world out there sure. that's called sports entertainment. They you know they know that really well. And guess what? They're taking that those that 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 some of that uh, WWE success or that experience and that knowledge of telling stories and how to how to utilize social media to its advantage. And they're matching it with like high quality football operations and football play and coaching. And then boom, it mixes. So for me, it's unique. I grew up playing this game since I was six years old. I also was a huge WWE fan like yourself. I, I, I've been fortunate to work in it. So like, I love the fact that I get to be a part of this league that has that potential of mixed merging these two worlds and becoming its own universe. And, and very, you know, very similar. The, the WWE has its own universe. It's like Marvel. It's the Marvel cinematic universe. It's a WWE universe. XFL, they're trying to create their own universe too. And guess what? They have the people in place, the right, the right people to know how to do that and, and, and to build that. And so that's what's unique about it. And, you know, it's exciting to be a part of. It's not going to happen overnight, but, you know, you can already kind of see the wheels turning and the direction it's going. And that's what's exciting about it. Nice. So what's your aspirations? Like, I mean, I, I know you're in this head of performance and kind of overseeing all these teams. Uh, like, what's your version of success? And more importantly, like, what do you see? Like in 10 years, this thing is effectively grown to 16 teams. I mean, you're at eight now, but I mean, there's got to be a growth trajectory. I mean, it would be it would be great to see that the XFL kind of have these, you know, okay, now it's grown to where now every there's a now there's a team in each city, but now that that team is like you know full time in that city. That would be kind of cool to see, you know, and then more teams get involved in the league. I mean, the sky's the limit with this thing. I I don't really necessarily think like you know what success is for me. Success is for me is like hey. We need to, I think, try to develop what's the best type of training for these players, give them the tools that they need to develop. And what does that look like? Okay, well, that looks like to me, if I'm going into the weight room and I have my strength coach, my performance coach, like they, how do I develop? And you get that question asked all the time, like, hey, how do I make it to the next level? Well, for years, it was always like, well, you got to do extra. You got to do this. You got to do that. And 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 that's a that that's a very generic answer. And it, it's true, but it's like it doesn't really find give you direction. And I feel like for us at the XFL, we want to be able to give that direction. We want to be able to say, hey, your you know your quick twitch is not where it needs to be, and that's because you know, you need to work on more plyometric or more fast, you know, you know, more explosive training or your force application isn't where it needs to be in your alignment. And that's really important for your position. As you see here in these stats, these guys, these, this is where we see guys make it to the NFL and we can kind of steer that car and, and, and give them a, a little bit better of an answer when you talk about how do I make it to the next level? So if we can do that and we're starting to do things to, 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 to go in that direction, I feel like, man, that's, a win for us and then everything else will take care of itself and and you know it could be the edge that person's looking for that's taken to the next level it might be recovery it might be mindset you know and maybe we push them in that direction and hey your diet could be it um you know habits could be it so whatever it is kind of help really their overall performance and lead them in the right direction with the right answers. Um, I feel like that, 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 that would, that would be success for us. And that's what we try to do. And then everything else will kind of take care of itself. I've never really been to one that say, Oh, this is where I want to be. I, I just like to 
you know, really dive into where we're at now. And I feel like you work hard, you're a good person, you train hard yourself. I don't want to ever, you know, lose that. That's a, that's a big anchor of mine, like training and always continue to train hard, lead by example. And then everything else will kind of take care of itself. Damn. Well, dude, if, uh, if, if people are interested and, um, you know, I, I don't know how active you are on, on social with all this stuff, because I know you're kind of in this like kind of team piece, but if people want to get a hold of you, learn more, maybe some guys are like willing to want to go out, like how do people get involved? And more importantly, like let, let's say they're ex players. I don't know, maybe somebody sitting at this table who my wife would laugh. Uh, but like if guys wanted to go out there and do it, like how do they get into it? Is it agent based? Yeah. Yeah, you know, look, we're the league of opportunity, right? So we want to be able to, you know, not just for the players, but for our coaches as well, right? So um, we do want to provide opportunities for young strength coaches out there that want to get involved in this and 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 gain the knowledge and experience of get that get that pro experience. I, we feel like we were able to do that last year, and and we're excited about being able to do that again this uh, this coming year. So it's been important for us to to do that because that's a pillar of the league. You know, for myself personally. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm uh, FLA underscore Hayes. You know, you can, I post a lot of stuff with social media, uh, with XFL and stuff we're due. I post a lot of workout stuff, you know, because that's pretty much all I do. I, I live by the beach and I work out. So that's, that's about all you're going to see on there. And I post, I post, uh, you know, some cool stuff that we do in the XFL, follow XFL, um, Instagram, Twitter, all those, all those handles. I mean, the league is just, they, I'm telling you what, uh, coming from the WWE, where they're they're really good at um you know storytelling and vignettes and stuff on tv and pr promo videos the xfl social media team is like top notch man they have great people gr they do a great job it's cool reels it brings you inside of what they're doing in a, in a fun and entertaining way. So I'd say definitely check us out, man. If you are interested in, in wanting to get a part of this and yeah, no problem. Hit me up and uh, on, on that. And, and um, yeah, we're excited. And if not, just stay tuned, man. We're ready for season two, watch some of our games. We're we usually we're, we're on, uh, we're on ESPN. We're on, we're on FX. We're on ABC. And we have a great partner in Disney and, and ESPN are great partners with ours. So check us out, you know, starting February. And we're going to be, you know, we usually play our games on Saturdays and Sundays. And, uh, you know, check us out. If you're in the Dallas area, you know, if you're in the Arlington area, come to, you know, come to an Arlington Renegades game. We got, if you're in DC, go check out a Defenders game. You're on, you're in Seattle, go to the, go to Lumen Field, go check out the Sea Dragons, like Orlando, come to a Guardians game, you know, hit me up, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. So, uh, you know, come, come check us out. If you want some fun, if you want to see fun, exciting football in person and, and, um, you know, can't wait to get going. Yeah, no, it says that your first game is February 17th. Uh, so yeah, they haven't necessarily released, uh, who's going to no, play. I knew, but, I knew it was mid February. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting, dude. No, it's, uh, it's awesome. Well, dude, I'm, I'm a fan. We got to get you tuner. come out. Yeah. <laughs> John, we got to get you out to a game too. So I'd love to, you know, to come out, we'll take care of it. We'll get you tickets, you and your fam, you and your, you and your people over there at the pod, you know, at the podcast, we'll get you squared away. So wherever, wherever, uh, um, what game you want to code it, man, just let me know. We'll make sure we take care of it. I'm in. And we got to get you a workout in the facilities too. So dude, I'm down so, for that too. Yeah. We got to work out together. Awesome. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I can hang with you, but we'll, 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 uh, we'll work out in the same weight room. How about that? Well, no. <laughs> 
I appreciate it. I'm excited for it. Well, dude, uh, that was awesome. Um, dude, and I'll send it here. Say thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio.